do it again. Let's do it again. Do let's, a different, let's do a different thing. Let's do an actual show with actual topics. Yeah, let's um, let's record in the present, but it's still in the past. Weird how time works. Always in the past. It's crazy. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Tony, we're coming at you from the this week. It's crazy. Um, we're, uh, you know, I just saw David Copperfield Saturday. Kelly always wanted to see David Copperfield, so we saw David Copperfield. Are you familiar with this fellow, Tony? Of course. Uh, once dated Claudia Schiffer. Okay. All right. That's an interesting way to remember him. Actually, I, I you know, I might have been. I feel like I was pretty young when that might have happened. But uh, he's he is old. Uh, he's sixty something years old. Sixty six years old. Uh, it it did look like he had shoulder pads on, like the hunchback of Notre Dame. He had he had quite large looking shoulders, which I I thought was very unusual. But uh, you know what? He did some big giant magical illusions, and he did make us move through time. And I uh, thought that was amazing because, as you know from listening to this show and being with me every week, I'm obsessed with where time is right now for some reason and telling people that we're recording on a Tuesday. And why do they care? It's a Thursday to them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but isn't that crazy? It's, it's wild. It's like we moved everything around. Uh, I know. This is, this is some crazy shit. And just think, when Who you're listening thought? to this, I'm technically, technically a year older than when I recorded uh-huh. this. Bonkers. And even crazier, we move through time in such a weird way that the show for next week is actually already recorded somehow. Weird. Uh, it's wild how that happened. And um, if we were to listen to this in North Korea, completely different, like, space-time continuum thing happening right there. That's right. Well, well yeah, well, because that guy makes it happen, right, if I recall. Um but yeah, David Copperfield made some big things appear. He made a big spaceship appear above our heads. Um, he had the biggest, he had the most Job energy I've ever seen from an <laughs> actual person in real life. Well, um, do you think he does, a, he does a little, he does a little flourish after every like illusion. He like does a little hand motion, which is a very <laughs> Job feel to it. And then at one point, he, the spaceship comes in, and I think he. Um, he said something along the lines of um, maybe he didn't feel like the applause was great enough because he goes, look, it's a goddamn spaceship. <laughs> uh, it was it was pretty amazing when he did that. Um, I, I loved it, too. Uh, Kelly was in love with the with the um, with the uh, the illusions. I think she likes the big magic. So I, I enjoyed it, too. It was a good time. But uh, yeah, David Copperfield making us travel through time. It's pretty it's pretty cool. So uh, the point of all this is to tell you that. Just so you, our loyal listener, know, is that next week's show will be uh, the continuation of what we'll be starting in this week's show. What? It doesn't even make sense. Weed. Uh, of our of our uh, bracket contest, uh, the March Madness contest that we started last year, last April, for some reason. And we're actually <laughs> doing it in March, even though it is February right now in the U.S., uh, but not for Tony. So that was close enough for us that we could start this thing off and it could give us some free content. So uh, next week you will hear maybe a slightly abbreviated episode that just covers some uh, uh, the bracket because 
uh, at that time, I will be in the beautiful land of Brazil, um, checking in beers there. Yep. So we'll see how that goes, huh? Hanging out with uh, Bolsonaro. Is he still in Brazil or has he fled? <laughs> I believe he had fled. I, I was hoping I could run into him, but actually I'm not. What I'm really trying to do is avoid any of his supporters because they seem to be they seem to have that thing like the Trump supporters do. Yep. Um, so I'm going to dodge that. Uh, I do have um, there does seem to be a lot of concern about me being kidnapped. Uh, I, I know I do look like a mark, but I will. I am just going to be. I'm going to try to be careful and not get kidnapped. So hopefully, hopefully next week's show isn't our last show either. But um, fingers I, crossed. I, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hope that's the case. Um, but I'm excited. I am going to a, one of the great beer places. I, I um, I'll, I'll post it in our Discord, and I'll make sure I post on Instagram while I'm there to a place called em, Emporio Altos dos Pineros which is uh, supposedly the best tap room and beer shop in uh, South America. So I'm very excited to check this out in Sao Paulo. They have Cantillon Nath on draft right now. Uh, They have bottles of Cantillon. They have uh, all kinds of great Brazilian beer on draft. Hazies, Rudy Beers, Barrel-Aged Barley Wine. They got it all. I can't wait to check this out. I'm taking a cab directly to the place. Do not worry. I am going to get like an uber or a black car or something and it will just take me there i won't have to uh hitch a ride with a potential uh criminal or anything uh i don't think so well, i guess we'll just find out but fingers crossed yep we're hoping for it and um no walking zika around virus. alone at night is that still a thing? That? is zika zika virus still a thing in brazil or is that all calmed down not to my knowledge no i haven't heard anything about zika virus um i I'm actually more concerned about just general traveling illness right now because there seems to be the norovirus seems to be making its way around the country, <laughs> this country. So uh, just knowing I'll have to travel with a bunch of uh, dirty ass Americans, uh, that's really more concerning to me than anything else. <laughs> Trying not to get COVID or the norovirus would be nice. Now, Brazil does have the, um, uh, they are, uh, you know, they've gone woke, Tony. Uh, they got Lula, so they've gone woke. I had to send a, I had to get a Vax card, uh, no. like, uh, you know, sent in so I could fly. Um, luckily, I had one because I am vaccinated, so I didn't have to forge it or anything. Um, but yeah, I actually had to submit a Vax card, and you have to wear a mask in the airport. Uh, so, you know, all kinds of, you know, they did woke. You know, we hate it. It's crazy. Um, can't stand it. They did an insurrection, and again, much like America, they failed. So something about you, America. Yeah, they're not good. <laughs> See, everybody keeps telling me, like, I'm getting, I'm like, it feels like if I was going to get kidnapped there, I'd get kidnapped here because everybody's just doing all the same shit. They did their thing on January 8th is the only difference. It was pretty much all the same shit. <laughs> it really is. It, it was almost the exact same playbook, so I wouldn't be too right. stressed. I would be m- more worried about just adjusting to the water and the food and worrying about yep. my underpants situation. That would be my I'm, biggest. I'm not worried about the – I will be going bottled water exclusively on this, on this expedition. Um, but, uh, yes, you're right. There is – I've had that issue in Mexico. You do, you do think you're going to be fine, but then you, you accidentally eat something that was maybe cooked in water that hadn't quite reached the boiling point or something, and um, – and you enter, you're in a world of hurt. So, yeah, we got to keep our, got to keep our. I, I have to go to business meetings and crap, so I got to make sure I'm not um, filling up my pantaloons with, uh, you know, <laughs> hot diarrhea or anything. 
<laughs> you really, really don't need that. Have you ever thought about um, packing some depends just so you yeah, don't even really have to worry? Forget gastro stuff. I love stuff. the idea of getting in the cab and being like squishing around in there. Mm. Sounds life. great. I think I, honestly, more than anything, I'm just hoping I can sleep on the plane because it's like a 10 and a half hour flight. So yeah, how do you I can go sleep and not shit myself on the plane. Um, well, I, I moved up at least one cabin. So I'm in the premium economy, which is essentially like domestic first class. Yep. Um, so it's not the lay flat seat, but I get like the foot rest and the deeper recline and like the, uh, um, the larger, uh, seat pitch or whatever. So I'm hoping that helps. Uh, otherwise I think I'm just going to, I do get, I, I am a frequent flyer. So I get like the lounge. I think I'm just going to try to knock off four cocktails and zonk out is my goal. That's I'm not, not a drama mean type. I'm not going to take a pill. You're not and do the sleepwalking thing. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. I can't sleep on planes. I try it. It's just not my jam. I, I, I can't fall asleep with that hum in the background or my noise-canceling headphones on. just doesn't work for me. I'm, yeah. I'm like I've got to binge-watch something that I've got on my phone. I don't love it, but I, I can usually make it happen out long enough flight. I can usually squeeze out four. If I can get, if I can get four to f- between three and a half and five hours, I'll be thrilled. Yep. I'll be fine for the day. I just have to, I, that'll get me through. I just get a big cup of coffee and muscle yeah, it through. through. But, yep. Um, Tony, I wanted to bring back a segment for a second week. It's amazing. I, I remembered to do it two weeks in a row. <laughs> it's one of our, one of my favorite segments. It's the XFL, um, X, Griff's XFL recap is what we're calling it. Now, so, uh, in this, in this recap, we, we break down the XFL scores and also check how many words are in this week's XFL re- Rewind and also see if the XFL scores have made it to the XFL website. Now, I do um, have a question about the XFL Rewind. Do you think they just popped the scores in to chat GPT and told the bot to make up the narrative and that's why it's so confusing and so all over the shop? Or do you think this was written by a real... Um, person paid like Tommy Dutch and Brian Malika were back in the day when they were working for Don Best Sports. I got to say, Tony, I think it's actually written by a real person because it wow. has real-time reaction. It essentially has like um, – Tony, I'm embarrassed to admit that I even never read this stuff, but I don't know if you ever were a reader of Bill Simmons when he was on like ESPN page two. No, I wasn't. And he would, um, he would write these rambling things that he called like live live blog or live diaries or something uh, and he would just go on and on with like timestamps of like watching the NBA draft um, <laughs> it, it was it was totally pointless honestly yep but um I mean, let's do a word count here the word count on this week's recap is only only 3975 words a tremendous amount of words. I'm shocked. My over underline was going to be four and a half thousand because it wasn't the first yeah. week's, <coughs> oh, excuse me, 6,000 oh words. Yeah, it was like 6,000 words. Yeah, he's cut, he's got, he got edited. My man got edited. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, you got you to give it up for that. They found an editor. Um, Tony, the scores for the games are still not part of the XFL website, <laughs> Nav. Uh, you can, you cannot. You cannot go to anywhere that says scores. 
Um, <laughs> there's nothing here about scores or standings. So we are in week two. And if you would like to know the scores of the game, you don't go to XFL.com. It will not do anything for you. But the XFL recap for this week, um, games-wise, let's see if ESPN will give them to me. Oh, yes, ESPN has them. Um, Tony, uh, here in Vegas, it was the first home game for the Vegas Vipers. Uh, the Vipers went out to a 6 nothing lead in the first quarter. Uh, uh, it was 6 nothing at halftime in a rainy and miserable Cashman Field. Uh, all, however many couple of thousand people that watched this game saw the defenders, the D.C. defenders, storm back in the second half to win 18-6 to on one of the worst like days of weather you'll ever see in Las Vegas. Pretty much uh, 49 degrees and spitting. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. I always find it strange. Well, I've only experienced this day once, but when it rains in Vegas, when it really rains, I'm talking about, you know the days I'm talking about where it really rains, and you're yep. watching TV, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the emergency broadcast system breaks in. And tells you you're to gonna, get out it's of gonna the tunnels. Rain. Right, yeah. Get out of the tunnels. Don't drive into the don't do not drive into a pool of water. Yeah. Yep. It's so weird that it, like you wouldn't have witnessed that in Chicago, would you? Or do you get those alerts for freezing weather in Chicago? And so it's it's no different. Flooding is please. different in, in Chicago. What happens there is the rivers rise. Um, like most places. And uh, they right, they flood into your basement or into the street. And um, we don't get quite the flash flooding because, you know, as as we've explained here, there's nothing here to soak the rain up. We don't have a no. water table anywhere that's going to like, you know, uh, draw in the rain. It just goes into it's like if you put if you put it, make a cup of rocks, which is what the valley is, <laughs> then water will just fill it up. Uh, so yep. that's pretty much what just happened. So that that wasn't quite what happened. It was just more sucky. It was a sucky yep. day. Don't know if you how badly you'd have to want to go to an XFL game to to deal with it in that weather, but I guess somebody did. Uh, next up, uh, Tony, uh, the Battle Hawks, Kakaw, Kakaw Battle Hawks <laughs> uh, from St. Louis uh, took down the Seattle Sea Dragons at the big stadium, at a nice stadium for the XFL, Lumen Field in Seattle. Uh, they won twenty to eighteen. Um, yet again, another second half comeback because they were down twelve to eight after the first. What is the scoring? I guess it's because of the two point conversions because you want you're like incentivized to do two point conversions. Uh, the uh, so right the Battle Hawks are two and zero. Seattle is zero and two. DC is two and zero. The Vipers are zero and two. Um, and then we moved on to uh, Camping World Stadium in Orlando, uh, where the San Antonio Brahmas uh, beat. Out the uh, beat up on the damn Orlando Guardians, uh, thirty to twelve. Uh, hey, that's the most scoring I think of the whole season, pretty much. And then um, down in Houston, the Houston Roughnecks uh, in a battle of Texas uh, took took out the Arlington Renegades, twenty three to fourteen. Look at that! I remembered where all the teams were from. Well, that's done. awesome. Yes, uh, maybe I should be writing a four thousand word. Uh, summary of these games. Well, um, let me see if I can find any onomatopoeia in the recap. Yes, Tony, go ahead while I do that. Well, I was just thinking, if you've got a master's degree and you need to write, um, you, what's his name? What's it called when you uh, have to do a master's and um, oh, fuck, I forgot what it's called. And you have to like do an it. MFA or something, yeah. like a creative writing MFA or something. Okay, yeah, yeah, but you could because it. 
it has to be done on something that nobody else has ever done. So you get these really niche sure. topics. And I think you could just specialise in the writing of alternative sports leagues in America. Uh, everything in this year, week's is about, like, where everybody trains. Um, it's weird because, okay, so they are um, – all the teams are doing their, like, training – all their training facilities are in Texas is what I'm saying. So the, the Vipers do not practice here. Um, they fly here and play a game. Uh, but neither is St. Louis. St. Louis plays like they practice in Texas, and then they fly to, uh, they fly to St. Louis and play in the games. Um, and I don't know what that had to do with anything. But um, I don't know why they do it. But anyways, they're talking about like, oh, these two teams practice in the same place. So they've been passing each other in the locker room. I'm like, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> who possibly could give a shit about this other than it making it making this league look like it's like poor, which it yep. is. Um, so there you go. That's the XFL recap, Tony. I, I don't know how this stood up to the spreads or the totals, but I would guess it was boring. That was my that's my <laughs> guess. Boring as shit and rainy in Vegas. So hope everybody had a great time. Uh, Tony. Why don't we move on to the next thing I had on the list, which was uh, we got to go through two weeks of our Discord, huh? We sure do. Um, there you go. I've forgotten where the Discord button go. was. I was still on the Untrap page. Oh, my God. What a disaster that could have been. Um, so this, yes. So, Tony, we... Um, last time we did the Discord segment, we talked about uh, Cascade Dank had posted... Um, a Hill Farmstead bit that had shown up on Reddit. Uh, it was the very high IQ to understand Hill Farmstead. Yep. That is, uh, I, I had taken the gander that it was a copy pasta, and that was correct. Uh, it nice. is a meme. It is a copy pasta. Uh, it was um, our, our listener and friend Tom sent down that this was definitely a copy pasta. It is from the the fan commentary about Rick and Morty. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Morty, <laughs> Ricky Morty. <laughs> Um, and so the whole bit, just replace everything about Hill Farmstead with Ricky Morty. So there you go. Oh, who, who um, is, who, who's worse there? Justin Rollins? Hill Farmstead or Ricky Morty? <laughs> <laughs> no. Ooh. I wasn't talking Ooh. about the breweries. I was talking about the head of the those things. <laughs> At least Justin uh, yeah. Rollins been removed. Right, yeah. I mean, Sean Hill's still just like, cooking it up i mean it's it's crazy yep um tony i am gonna let's go back to about uh oh max allotment let's do this because we didn't talk about this yet um so whereabouts max are we said which he really, channel are we in he re, this is beer chat sorry okay so max said that he really enjoyed the kcv philly brewery square off in the last episode the griff yep. Why would you include Yards, which really has not been part of the craft beer scene for years? They're still around, but they haven't put out a new beer in 10 years. Uh, I'm sure I'm so on and so on, right? An old school brewery that has not changed their offerings in years, has the same dated styles from yesteryear, multi-IPAs, weak insipid stouts, and not a lager in the lawn lineup. Uh, I should have include I should have included Tonewood, uh, and Philly would have taken four out of the five categories. This is like that bullshit holding call on Casey's last drive all over again. And all I'll say is, yes, you're probably right. Uh, 
I even mentioned during the show, I was like, man, I'm going to be pissed off about this because uh, <laughs> I brought it in yards. And uh, he's probably right. Um, in Chicago, if we were doing the Chicago one, it, I would have had to include Goose Island probably, but that Goose Island is probably... I, I guess they put out new beers. It's just that they suck. Yeah, that's so very that's, true. So that's the difference, I guess, between Goose Island and Yards is that Goose Island just puts out sucky new beer. Um, but Max did post some Carton DDH Epitome from Carton Bruiser of a black IPA at 10.3%. Delish. A black IPA is back. Yeah, baby. it does seem to be back. Now, did we talk about Nick Talk's delivery last week? Did we get that in under the wire? Oh, we maybe didn't. Okay, so he had a mountain culture delivery over here. So he had yep. Goodbye Moonman Imperial S'more Stout, which King is a banger. Exper- Experimental Hemp IPA, Doom Scrolling West Coast IPA. Got another one uh, of those. Southern in the Fried Southern IPA with Deeds, a Craftwork Orange and Imperial Chocolate Orange Stout, and Humble Custodian, a Baltic Porter. Oh, and also Scenic Route, a four percent session IPA. So these I've, look wonderful, lovely. I've had over fifty percent of those beers and. All of them are bangers. Even Scenic Route, that is an impressive beer for just 4%. Um, but, um, Goodbye Moon Man is still... Oh, Doom Scrolling is good out of that lot too. They're all bangers. Yeah. I um, I got to say, Max, about your carton here. So I have we have gone through the carton that Max sent me, finished the... Uh, I believe it was called... Uh, what was the Tart IPA called? I cannot... Pull the name out of uh, my head right now, <laughs> but um, it's it was with smoke, salt, and fig and raspberry. Um, so I'm gonna try to figure out what that beer was called. I will, um, but I just uh, I, I will look it up. It was called like pure pure tart or pure something. I don't know, um, but it was delicious, fantastic. I love the smoke salt bit on it. Um, gives it a little bit of the fig and the smoked salt give it a little savoriness, so it's not this like pure sweet tarts taste. Um, really enjoyed it. As I said, I love the Italian pills and the the, the cognac uh, barrel barley wine was perfection, wonderful. The, so all the carton beers were fantastic. Thanks again to Max for sending those delicious beers. I wouldn't have expected you to like something of that style. Does that just speak of? the quality that Carton actually produce? Oh, yeah. No, everything was just, it. you know what, they. I'm not always a big sour IPA fan. I like the ones from Hudson Valley, even though they're kind of, uh, you know, silly. But um, I, I just think they balance the flavors really nice. I mean, it was, um, it was a nice, had a nice even um, flavor to it for, for something that's that, uh, it's that fruity. It was, it was, it was quite good. Yep. Um, so Cascade on the last time we did Discord, um, we rec- I recommended to Cascade that he go to Poyala uh, when he's there in Estonia, and the place does look amazing. You got to say, uh, killer draft list at Poyala. He got the um, uh, the the porter. He got an Imperial Groot. A uh, number of other beers here. Looks like uh, a great time. Um, all the beers sounded great. I've had some Poyala stuff, especially when I'm in in Denmark. Uh, it's just it's just lovely. So. Uh, shout out for that. I'm glad he was able to go. Um, and he also did get a picture of the restroom for us. Thank you. There is a, what appears to be a urinal trough. So you got to love that. Very Wrigley Field of them. 
to have that. See, this is good a, stuff. This is a cultural difference between the US and a lot of other places. Don't get me wrong. I think the uh, mirrors above the piss trough is weird, but in Australia, most places um, have the ginormous piss trough and not the individual um, urinals. So. Yeah, um, the the mirror's weird, but the piss trough, I know it's a Wrigley Field thing and um, yep. not many other places in the US have it, but a lot of a lot of the rest of the world, it's still a thing. All right, fine. Uh, you know what? I'll have to, I'll also have to live with that, so. Um, Maybe that's part I'm of the problem. Find- Maybe that's part of the division. Maybe if you were standing side by side, elbow to elbow, with somebody wearing a MAGA cap while you're peeing, you might be able to get along. Mm. And you might also catch COVID. It could be, yeah. Oh, there it is. The barley was called, barley one was called This Old Thing, Tony, and it was aged in cognac barrels. I'm, I'm retroactively checking it in now. Um, <laughs> there we go. I did it. Okay. Um, Yes, yeah, so that's all true about pissers, probably. Yes, I don't know. Whatever, <laughs> I stand, just stand at a trough or something. I didn't. One time, I was in the Wrigley Field pissers, and the sinks are also trough-like in nature, yep. but round. And somebody, some drunk guy, did piss in the sink because it looks a lot like the pissing. <laughs> oh, the pissers, gross! No, not too good. Um, all right, Tony. So I did. Um, I talked about this beer last week, the Frau Gruber pills. It was wonderful. We don't have to go over that again, but it was so good, and it looks so good in this picture even. My picture sucks. Um, and uh, we had Cascade buying some beer, it looks like. Putty, a triple, per, a triple IPA, 10% triple IPA with Galaxy Mosaic and Azeka. Uh, looks amazing. Uh, that sounds really good. Um. We had PMAC. PMAC's back on the back off the wagon on the wagon. On I don't know. He's hurting his wallet. That's all I got to say. That boy. Yeah, he's spending money anyway. So <laughs> yep. he's got different vintages of boat rocker ramjets, Roger ramjet, Fant Senna, and Dramjet, and different vintages of Hargreaves Hill, Russian Imperial Stout. I bet these kick ass, Tony. This he's buying beer like me. Yep. He's getting that. He's getting that good good right here. Getting, uh, getting that, that good, good good with the big bucks. Um. Chris Drunk Uncle, you can't, you know what, this guy just, he just loves drinking tasty beers. Yep. Uh, so he's got Bissell Brothers, Substance, and a, a super favorite of mine. I love Substance. Um, you know I'm getting in on the Substance. And then they went over to Bram Hall Pub. I have been there. I think I drank a Hams when I was there. Um, but they do also have Substance. Uh, but he appears to be drinking a Schlitz. Nothing wrong with that. Nick hit brewery number 111 of 135 at, at Hop Nation in Footscray. Yep. Or, uh, no, Melbourne you, you, Fog. You yeah. pronounced it correctly, but I just want to say there used to be a furniture m- merchant in uh, Footscray and he used to have ads on. And he'd always end the ad the same way because he only had two stores. One was in Brunswick which is another suburb mm-hmm. of Melbourne, and the other was Footscray, so, which was <laughs> always a fun way of saying Footscray. Franco Cozzo from Brunswick or Footscray. Megalo, Megalo, Megalo. So what do we got here? We got, uh, what beers are these, Nick? You got an organic lager and the Melbourne Fog Hazy IPA. Ooh. 
Now, Hop- the haze is light, light on this one. Got to say, <laughs> yeah. Hop Nation have improved recently, but that that is light on the hazy. I, their beers, they've shown some improvement. I, I still wouldn't rate them particularly highly, but from where they were a few years ago, where I didn't rate them at all, they they're slowly creeping up there. I've got to say. So, hey, little steps forward. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, so then we got. 112, which is two birds brewing a couple kilometers away at Spotswood. Vienna Lager a bit dark, but the hazy is good. Now, this hazy is more like it. Yep, that's what a hazy should look like. But the the Vienna does appear to be a little overbalanced with darker, maybe your caramel malt in that. So, you you know, the only only reason not to do that is you might get a little of that bitterness that pop off out of that, maybe. Um, I don't know. I tend... One of my favorite Oktoberfest beers is the... um, it's the off-color one, and I swear to God, they just overload on roasted malt. It tastes so good. I don't know. I don't know. That thing's good, though. Um, and Nick kept going. This is Black Arts Brewers and Blenders in Williamstown. Wild Red Ale could easily pass for Rodenbach. Now, that's some high praise right wow. there, huh? This is exciting. That looks like my kind of place. Nick knows what I'm into. Yeah. That seems really cool. Um, I've heard a little bit about Black Arts, but I haven't got out to Williamstown that that's sort of on the western side of Melbourne, and it's tucked away down there. So I'll, I, I think we'll have to make a journey because you know what I'm like with mixed cultures and road and back, Nick. Yeah, you love that stuff. I like it too. Yeah. Yep, delicious. Um, in the kitchen, in the in the kitchen channel, Nick Torque Wendy's tells us Wendy's is coming to oh, Australia. Yeah. I wonder what they'll call themselves though, as we've already got Wendy's here. Uh, which could be another Hungry Jack's situation. So do they talk at all? I mean, they don't. They obviously don't talk at all about the naming here in this article. Um, there was a Guardian um, TikTok piece where they were, they were talking about it, and there was talk that they may not need to change it, but I don't necessarily believe that because um, they, they serve not exactly the same food, but there could be confusion. Our Wendy's serves donuts and milkshakes and hot dogs. Okay. So I think there's enough crossover there that they will need to change the name. Hey. Um, well, okay. I know there was a dude that was like the founder of Wendy's and he named Wendy's after his daughter. Could we go with his name? Dave's. Uh, it'd be Dave's. Yeah. Dave Thomas. Yep. Or Tomo's. Yeah, it could be Dave's. Dave's. Tomo's. Yep, sure. Davos. Um Davos. Davos, yep, Davos. We went to. Davos. I actually ate at when. I actually ate at Wendy, Wendy's, Wendy's <laughs> on um, on Sunday. Um, I did it. Yeah, I went to Wendy's. Baconator. I hadn't been to Wendy's in a while. No, I got. I, I, you know me. I, I'm not Brian. I go with the easiest stuff. So I got a junior ham, four piece spicy nugs, and some fries. They love the spicy nugs. They're legitimately a little spicy, so at least you get a little heat off of them. And dipped them in the honey mustard. They got a good honey mustard there, and uh, it was fine. Uh, Kelly got a grilled chicken sandwich. She was pretty happy about it. Uh, Overall, a successful Wendy's trip, and you use the app. Your app works good, and it pickups fast. Thank you. Wendy's, very good. I I wonder, what's your Wendy's option? Are you just going Baconator, or are you just going full-on? I I don't see how you beat the Baconator. It's it's the only burger out of the change where the hype burger lives up to it. Like the Big Mac is one of the worst burgers on the McDonald's menu. I'm sorry, McDonald's lettuce is terrible. Um, yeah. The extra bun does nothing. There's too much salad. 
Um, give me a quarter pounder all day. That's all I need at McDonald's. Um, and let's not start with Burger King. Uh, the Whopper is terrible. The fact that you have to add cheese, I think we spoke about this last show, it's terrible. Like, don't order a Whopper. Order anything else. Even their grilled mm. chicken's more passable than yeah. a Whopper. I mean, I, yeah, I haven't gotten McDonald's in forever, but I was always just quarter pounder. Quarter yep. pounder is pretty straightforward. No cheese, though. I don't like their cheese for some reason just doesn't work for me. What? Um, nah, no, doesn't do it for me. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna try to get McDonald's in Brazil because I gotta get that damn cheddar melt. So <laughs> yeah. you know you know I'm doing that. Um, Tony in the show chat, I did put in. Uh, I was at the second anniversary of the Silver Stamp last Wednesday. So they had a little anniversary party. Great scene. Uh, it's the happiest place ever. I can't believe it. People have to wait in line for beer. Uh, it's crowded and everybody's like having a great time. So I don't know if that place just got the vibe right or they're blasting in laughing gas or something. I don't know what, but. Um, it was a lovely, lovely time. Uh, and, uh, Andrew, one of the owners told us the next day that he got drunk on underbergs, which he said is a horrible <laughs> drunk to get because he did like a hundred underbergs with everybody probably, um, pretty crazy, but they also had special pickled eggs. Um, and, uh, I didn't get to try, I didn't get to try all of them, but the Ponzi diction one was, was probably the best one. I would say. Sounds the, uh, like an amazing with, thought. Uh, yeah. It was good. Good times. Drank a bunch of yummy beers. It was it was pretty pretty great. Um, and I think Tony is that about. That's about, about it. it. About that, it. That is about, about it. it. Not not too bad. All right. So Tony, why don't we move on to Logger of the Week? Eh? Griff's Logger of the Week. Griff's Logger of the Week. Tony, it's a tough call, but I think for my logger of the week, I have to go with another frame that I had this week. A new frame, some new frame. Uh, it was the Frame North German Pilsner. Uh, the beers are becoming more and more regional for Frame. They are narrowing into like specific parts of Germany now. Um, so this was a beer they brewed for a competition to win a collaboration. Uh, with Bitburger in Germany and will be exclusive to the Bend Brew Fest and the Pilsner Fest, Fest in Portland. So that must not be true anymore because now they have it at Corey's. So um, uh, they must have remade it or something or brewed it um, specifically for something many, many months ago because now it's available at Corey's. Must have fallen off uh, the in back fact, of a truck. The top, yeah, fell off the back of a truck. And right into my lap because it was freaking amazing, really, really wonderful uh, German pills, nice and nice and um, and I'd say it had that delicate hop flavor, which is so so beautiful. It's rated a four on Untapped right now. Uh, great for a pills, you got to say. Yeah, really good. Uh, Tony, you getting any lager this week? No lager for me this week. <laughs> I didn't make it over All to right. the brewery, so nothing of note. So. It's time for Let's move on. my favourite jam. We don't have that much time this week, so let's get into it. Mine wasn't a real banging week, but I did have Island Jam from Dayton's. Um, mm. Classic New England um, deliciousness, 
but nothing that like blew my mind. It was a beer that perhaps 12 months ago I would have rated another 0.5 higher, but it's a 4.25. It was pretty good, um, pretty delicious. Okay. Drink it all day, 6.7%, um, so um, pretty damn delicious. But, yeah, probably would have blown my mind a little while ago, but these days it's it's good, it's good. It's, it's solid beer, but uh, yeah, nothing solid. really excited me. I know my local IGA has some of the Deeds peanut butter stout. I need to go down and pick that up mm. before it sells out. Um, that sounds pretty delicious. I hear it's diabetes in a glass, so big sugary peanut butter stout. Looking forward to that sucker. You're in. Yep. Look it up. All right. Outside of lager, what was your pick this week for your beer of the week? All right. So at that at that uh, second anniversary, uh, they had a keg from Tillamook, um, Tillamook, Oregon's own uh, Degar, Degar Brewing, and it was called the Maison, and it is a spontaneous wild ale aged in oak barrels, blended from three years. So this is a oak, you know, it's a it's a gooza, yep, as it were. Um, and it was f- f- fucking amazing. Five and a half percent. Uh, just top-notch, d- classic Degar, unfruited Degar, which I hadn't had in a while. Um, just perfect. Uh, what can you say? Nice and tart, uh, but a relaxed tartness. You could tell it was an aged uh, tartness to it. Nothing too bracing. And it came in, they, they were serving it in these uh, lovely glass glassware. Uh, I don't know how they got it. We haven't gotten any Degar here in a while, um, but you got to give it up for that. So delicious stuff. A plus for, for the, for the Maison. Uh, otherwise, you know, I didn't, I didn't pop a bunch of stouts or anything this week. Uh, nothing too, nothing too wild or, or off the grid. I did enjoy the carton barley wine. That's definitely an honorable mention uh, for the week, but you got to go with this wild ale. It was, it was fantastic. What a winner. Uh, all right, Tony. Well, I guess that's beers for the week. Uh, why don't we move on to a classic, uh, a classic uh, segment for us? We love it. Time for Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. All right, Tony. Uh, we talked a couple weeks about Super Bowl ads a couple weeks ago. Sorry, sure did. Molson, so Molson Coors. Funny ad went too far. This is from CNN Business. It was written by this child here uh, who fucking looks like an eight-year-old in his picture. <laughs> you see this? And just yes. like He's growing a beard. Um, He's at least 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's this say? Beer ads try to be funny, but a regulatory group has determined that Molson Coors went too far with a recent ad that compares rivals light beer to water. So he says that light beer shouldn't, so they say that light beer shouldn't taste like water. It should taste like beer. Um, and the national advertising division, which is part of the better business bureau, uh, cha- had challenged this ad, uh, that it shouldn't say this. And they said that Molson Coors should discontinue the ad because the ad is not puffery or a mere opinion. But it's so, just puffery. Uh, this is pure puffery. It is just puffery, and it's just a mere opinion. Yeah, I don't quite get that. Um, uh, Molson Coors is appealing the decision, saying it vehemently disagrees with the decision because we believe light beer should taste like beer, not water, 
and we are well within our right to share that belief. So this is clearly a shot at Michelob Ultra. Uh, you can even see in the image from the screenshot or, or the screenshot image here, it looks like a tall, skinny can like Michelob Ultra. Um, I think it's a direct shot at Michelob Ultra. Uh, and Michelob Ultra does taste like water, and that's actually why I like it. So I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree uh, with the with the the tone of this, but. There you go. So Molson Coors has Super Bowl ads for one year, and they're already getting in trouble, huh? Well, are they really getting in trouble? Know. It's it's non-binding. No, even it's just like no, there's nothing. They're not like they're going to go to jail or anything. Some dude, some some guy got mad about it. It doesn't really have any impact on anything, or it doesn't seem, anyways, right? Yeah. Augustus Bush got pissed, and uh, yeah, that's like mm. it's pure puffery. Of course, nobody actually think the water tastes. Uh, water and beer taste the same. Like it's a joke that we've made for years around light beers. Yeah, light beer. Yeah, it's just it's just crap. I mean, it, it was pointless. Uh, it doesn't have any. Yeah, there's nothing binding about this complaint. Uh, there's no reason if even if this whoever this is says they should pull the ad, they don't have to, and they won't. You know what I mean? Uh, if I'd be shocked if they did. So doesn't doesn't do anything mean anything has no reasoning whatsoever it's just all it's literally all puffery yep uh the whole bit is puffery so there you go and i think moving you know, on we as a society yes actually i want to clear this up need to start using okay. the word puffery more i i'm a big fan of the word puffery and okay. i think we need to sort of work it into conversations i think that's what the world's really missing All right, perfect. Yes, I think you're right. We have to say puffery. We have to say other. Uh, we have to say horse feathers. Uh, we have to say um, I mean, what's what's some other good old timey words we can we can toss. Well, they don't out. have to uh, be good old timey, but like I just want somebody to work in moist puffery into a sentence. Moist puffery. Yeah, you have a bunch of women just like cringe every time they hear that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they hate the word moist. All right, this news is is relevant to you, Tony. You're gonna like this. Breweries using artificial intelligence to create new new beers. Well, we know they've been creating show notes for a while here, huh? Yep. Um, but now they're just gonna start go. They're gonna go right to the source and make beer. So this is Atwater Brewing. Atwater is in Michigan. Um, artificial intelligence is behind a new IPA being served in a Michigan brewery. Uh, they developed the beer with the help of an AI chatbot. We asked an AI to create an IPA recipe for us, and it was able to create a recipe to the scale of our brew system and create an AI-designed human-brewed beer. Uh, it's a blend of Centennial, Citra, and Amarillo hops, producing tropical and citrus flavors and aromas. Uh, I can't wait for everyone to try one of the first artificial intelligence-designed beers uh, and so on and so forth. So, uh, also whistle buoy brewing company, which I don't know where that is, uh, has created, uh, a beer called robo beer, which it describes as a hazy pale ale. And they also said the chat bot helped create the artwork and the description for the beer. So why don't we check that out? Huh? Yeah. Uh, so, Let's see the, uh, oh, come on, show me the description of the beard, damn it. Um, <laughs> oh, maybe the whole thing, maybe the whole thing wrote this. So, what's this beer? Uh, it, we, we uh, so it looks like they asked 
the chat GPT to write us a beer recipe for a hazy pale ale. And 10 seconds later, there it was, a full recipe that actually made sense. Um, pretty good. The beer description and the outwork to sell the product were created by chat GPT and mid journey respectively. There's a video here. Uh, I'll put the links up, uh, in our discord if you want to check them out. But yeah, there's the, uh, following prompt. We're thinking to make a hazy pale ale, fluffy and tropical. Please write us a recipe and include specific hops and malts to use. And there you go. It's got the recipe, including steps and contents. Uh, not bad, not bad. Tony, what do you think of this recipe? You're a brewer. You got pale ale malt, oats, wheat malt, flaked wheat, flaked oats, lactose, mosaic, citra, eldorado, Irish moss, and your favorite yeast. The the weird one is the Irish moss. That's a, a sort of old school. Let's let's um, deflock the beer. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's not make it hazy. So that's. Um, why would you deflock it? Yeah, I don't know. That wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so they scaled it up. Where yeah. is this? Where is this brewery? Sounds like they are from out of the country. They are. They're, of, they're from BC. Heck, British Columbia. So I'm like, no, nobody in the U.S. is saying that. Yep. But oh, these are in British Columbia. Okay. Yep. yep. You got them. So um, there you go. At, uh, they're available for pickup at 560 Johnson Street. If you're in uh, in Canada, you can pick it up. Um, right. like it's, it's fine. Like this, it's only what important do you, what do you when think it about- comes down to not only recipes because you're only producing water really at that point. So it should, if it's a true AI beer and they didn't go into specify, um, fermentation properties and things like that. Um, they just really went through and created a wart and, and maybe, selected a yeast using AI, but there's so much data available on the internet. It's easy to get a dime a dozen um, recipe for hazy pale or pale ale or IPA. The interesting thing would be going to newer styles, you know, the challenging styles, the stunt beer styles to see what a, um, a a thing like chat. Yeah. Um, GPT could come up with because the so much data makes this much more accurate and the amount of data you can feed in to fill in your end, end the sentence correctly chatbot, it's always going to come up with a better result than something that's a little bit more obscure and um, they actually have to um, trawl the web in a more intelligent way. Well, well Tony, let's, uh, let's ask it. Uh, let's say... Um uh, write me a recipe for a 10% ABV, uh, pick, pick an unusual style. Let's pick an imperial version of something crazy. Um, an imperial sour IPA. Imperial sour IPA with coconut fruit. adjuncts. How about that? Coconut. Yeah, we love coconut. Perfect. So pastry bot, get to work. All right, we're going to live pastry bot this thing. Uh, let's see, let's see what it does. It's off to work. All right, it's going. Okay, so we got 10 pounds pale malt, one pound wheat malt, one pound flaked oats, two pounds of toasted coconut flakes, one pound acidulated malt, one ounce, uh, one ounce of, I think some of the ratios are off here, but maybe not, uh, ounce of 
guess an ounce is a lot. An ounce of Warrior, an ounce of Citra, an ounce of Mosaic, two packs of Belgian Sour Ale Yeast, a pound of Coconut Puree, and a pound of Dextrose. Ask, ask a follow-up question. When should we add those hops? Because the Warrior should go in as the bittering charge, but all the rest should. It says that Warrior hops, it says Warrior hops are bittering, Citra hops for flavor, Mosaic hops for aroma. Uh, and then it has preheat your oven to 350, toast the coconut flakes, eat four gallons of water in your brew kettle. After 60 minutes, remove the grains and start boiling the wort. Add warrior hops for bittering and boil for 60 minutes. After the 60 minutes, turn off the heat, add the citra, let it steep for 10 minutes, then add the mosaic and let it steep for another 10. Chill to 68 degrees. Transfer to a sanitized fermenter. Pitch the Belgian sour ale yeast. Ferment for about a week until the gravity has dropped to 1.012 at this point, you can add the coconut puree and dextrose. Let it ferment for an additional three to four days. Coconut puree? We were using light. dried coconut. <laughs> no, they have both. They have dried oh. coconut and coconut puree at the end. I think it's for additional sugar to get it over the top on the uh Into the imperial the realm. That's yep. weird. The coconut puree is weird. This would not be good. I don't know, Tony. I, I, uh, what's that? You don't like it? You don't like this one? <laughs> no, I don't. All right. Well, if we got any homebrewers out there that want to make this, I'll post it in the uh, I'll post it in the Discord. <laughs> you guys can uh, you guys can try it out if if we have any have any adventurous homebrewers out there who want to make something crazy. Um, down. Uh, I'm just going to put it as Chet EPT beer recipe. <laughs> uh, there you go. All right, it's all there. Uh, we really right, Tony. Well, we did it. We. We did it. I guess. I guess we can move on. So, Tony, it's the first round. Even though, even though something happened, and somehow there's some other something's happening next week that I guess is the second round that may have already been recorded. Crazy to think about. But, uh, Tony, we've got the very first region of our March Madness Untrapped tournament coming up. It's going to be the Midwest region. So, Tony, why don't you hit that untrapped sound? Now, before I do that, have you ever thought about? asking chat gpt about your quandary with time and dates and see if he could explain or he or she or they could explain the how time moves how time moves specifically around this show and how we were able to record a show before we release another oh. show and oh. and across two different just lines and daylight savings times and oh it's a mess it's like there's another me in the past there are many news. And we're sending our love down the way. We're sending our love down the way. Down the well. Perfect. I know. All right, Tony. Pitch perfect. Uh, a great movie. Um, all yes. right, Tony. We we. Love we did this English. last year with beers, right? We did yep. the bracket contest last year. We did it in April, which is the wrong month. This year we're doing it in March, which is definitively the correct month for doing brackets. Uh, and we have, for the this year, we have switched it off. We're not doing beers this year. I bring that back next year. This year we're going to do breweries. Um, First I'm hearing of it. I know. This is like, it. what? <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, but yes, it's all it's all breweries. We've separated them into regions uh, based on where they're from. 
the way regions should be built. Unlike the NCAA tournament, where the regions are abs- the regions are the arbitrary part. Um, you could be Arizona in the mid in the Midwest in the second. Doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Um, and we have uh, the Midwest region today, a region I uh, used to be in, uh, but I'm not anymore. But and yet a region I remain familiar with due to uh, a prior life I lived there at some point. So how do we choose these, uh, these breweries? Well, uh, it is a bit arbitrary, of course. You may be mad that your favorite brewery was left out. The way we chose these was based on uh, a few factors. A, that they brew a wide enough variety of styles that they will get a fair rating. Um, if you only brew Hazy IPA, it gets really tough for you to compare to a brewery that makes Pilsner. Uh, it's just true, you know? We tried to cover a brewery that makes a at least a variety of stuff, uh, if, even if the check-in layout is imperfect. We also tried to factor in if it's a brewery we talk about on the show. This is a beer engine bracket. We want to have a brewery. We want to have breweries that we uh, have made people familiar with from the show. And uh, maybe thirdly is that we want them to be relatively available in the world. So um, can't just be one of those breweries that's like Horace, where you have to go to fucking the garage <laughs> and sign up for a lottery and get beer or whatever. These need to be big enough breweries that you, there's a possibility uh, you could ever run into their beer. So running to Midwest, uh, it, it wasn't hard to come up with 16 breweries, but it actually was a little tricky to come up with 16 breweries that met these standards. Um, so this is our first one. Let's see how it goes. And we will start off, Tony, with the one sixteen matchup, uh, the Midwest number one rated Oh, I didn't talk about how I seed the breweries. So I seed them based on my expectation of their untapped rating. Essentially. Okay. Uh, this is essentially what I suspect is going to happen. Uh, just like the NCAA tournament, they pick, you know, the teams that are uh, theoretically, they, they rank the teams from one to 16 and then match them up. That's essentially what, what I've done. Um, yep. It's based on my, but you know, that from both my experience with their beers and also my, you know, understanding of untapped as an <laughs> entity. Um, all right, so my number one seed uh, is Decorah, Iowa's Toppling Goliath. Tony, we've talked about them a bit on this show. They make Pseudo Sioux, uh, Assassin, Kentucky Brunch Stout, I think, is a big one. Barrel Brunch Stout, whatever that is. Uh, KBBS, a uh, number of big stouts. They make some sour beer as well. Uh, good hazy IPA, classic Citra, all Citra, hazy pale. Uh, they are the number one seed. And then the 16 seed is from Milwaukee, and they are Lakefront Brewery from Milwaukee, uh, who make sort of a wide range of, I would say, uh, legacy styles, IPA, lager, Stein. They make a Stein beer, which I really like, like a Vienna lager. Uh, Good brewery with an amazing tour that will get you drunk. Um, So uh, Toplin Goliath from the middle of nowhere in Iowa and Lakefront from Milwaukee is the 16. Who do you got? I'm sorry, but uh, we have to go to the middle of nowhere to pick up these beers. Middle of nowhere, Iowa gets the win in the first round. Toppling Goliath, you got them going through. We'll finish the first round, and then we'll recap it for you. And, of course, Tony, as as, uh, as uh, the same as last year, Tony has to get eight of the 15 to get his bonus of some free porn while he waits out the next region. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is next for up, 70 to 72, and next week's show would have been for 73 to 75. Oh, shit. All right. Well, I'll have to keep that in mind when I remember that to say that correctly. Um, 
Next up is the 8-9 matchup. Tony, these are two breweries very close to my heart. It's the number eight ranked Revolution Brewing and the number nine ranked Bells. Oh, this is a heavy hitter one right here. They, okay. Devil. Ratings wise may not be huge, but as far as like brewery heavy hitters, this is. Oh, yeah. These are classics. <laughs> Revolution, uh, obviously the barrel aged stuff. Yep. Likely more dispersed is the is Antihero, is Fist City, uh, is Rev Pills, a uh, little crazy, all lovely beers. And then Bell's, of course, well known for what else but the Two Hearted Ale, Black Note. Kalamazoo Stout, Expedition Stout, and so on and so forth. Uh, Oberon. Revolution for the win. Revolution. All right. Got Revolution going through. Next up, Tony, five-seed Chicago Suburban Brewery Microphone. Uh, the place that uh, gave me a handshake when I raided an Italian Pills. <laughs> um, did a tap takeover at Mickler Bar last year. Uh, that I went to, a very proud moment for them. Uh, microphone, the five seed, takes on the 12 seed, Boulevard, Kansas City's Boulevard, big giant brewery, makes Saison Brett, yeah. uh, and a number of other, and Tank 7, and a million other good beers. Now, here's my issue. Microphones seem awfully inconsistent and take some wild stabs at times. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna... They made a hot chicken beer once. Yeah, they went to the jewels. <laughs> Um, they went to the jewels. They went to the jewels and got their chickens and some ghost peppers. <laughs> so I'm going to pick the upset. Sure did. I'm sorry, microphone. Oh, you got Boulevard. Yep, Boulevard. I know they're not the most. All right. um, you love that five. Tw- you're horny for that five twelve upset. You love it. You love it. All right. I am horny for it. It worked out last he's, time. He's, he's, worked he's, out for my he's horniness. Standing up. He's standing up right now for the five twelve. All right. Next up, the number four seed. Tony, you know these guys. New Glarus Brewing. Spotted uh, Cow. New Glarus Spotted Cow. Raspberry Tart. Wisconsin Belgian Red. Moon Man. So on and so forth. And the 13 seed, Rheingeist. Rheingeist is from Cincinnati area. Uh, they make a number of nice beers. They have a couple of big production facilities there. Um, great barrel age program. Uh, but also well known for just making pale ale and IPA and stuff. 13 Ryan guys for New Glarus. Your region is absolutely packed, but New Glarus, I think, win for me. Mm-hmm. So New Glarus for right. me. Spotted Cow is... is I know it takes up a lot of their okay. ratings and not it's not a five banger, but Jesus, they're a solid brewery. All right, the number th- we're in the bottom half now. The number three seed is Half Acre, uh, a past drippy winner for Brewery of the Year, and the f- they are taking on the fourteen seed Cleveland, Ohio's Great Lakes Brewing. Brewing, brewing. brewing. Um, Great Lakes makes uh, Edmund Fitzgerald. They make uh, wave, wave something IPA. What the hell is the name of that beer? Why can't I pull that name out of my head? Wave um, Racer. I just haven't. Had- I haven't, I haven't had um, Great Lakes in a minute. Commodore Perry's, their English IPA they've been making forever. Um, uh, oh, man. Uh, it was a more modern style um, IPA that they made, and I just can't uh, piece together what the name was, but it was very nice. Um, 
a chill wave. That was it. Chill wave, double IPA. It was delicious. Um, nine and a half percent double IPA. I love that beer. It's really, really good. Um, but they, they've been around for 30 something years, probably half acre, a little more. I mean, probably at 15 years now coming up. Yep. Um, but obviously makes things like Benthic, but also Odom and um, Fader. Great pills, like everyday drinking lager. Uh, really wide range of styles, good sour program, everything. So three half acre, 14 Great Lakes. Oh, half acre. Sorry, Great Lakes. Half acre. Sorry, Great Lakes. Peace. Uh, been there forever, though. Great brewery. Yeah, Next but up, that, we will that go sometimes with counts the... against them. So that, that was a part it of the reason... Like when you said English IPA, it's a banger. That's, that's yeah, that's tough, point. right? Yeah, yep. nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. The sixth seed is Perennial St. Louis. Um, you know, side project was maybe one that just couldn't didn't fit here um, because it's just not a. It it's almost in the frankly horse. they brew. Right. Yeah. It's just it's it's hard to get, and it uh, they don't really brew anything but barrel aged sour and barrel aged stout. Um, so it's kind of tough to compare. Perennial has a wide range. They sort of take some of that side project ethos, have a Saison, have the um, modern sour, have the uh, stout, but then also have lager, IPA, all your clean beers and stuff. So they're the six seed perennial. Taking on the 11 seed, uh, I reluctantly included them because they're one of the like 20 biggest breweries in the country um, from Minnesota is Surly. Uh, Surly makers of darkness a Surly yeah. Furious, a number of other beers. Um, they were notoriously anti-union for a period there, but I do believe their ownership has changed. Um, so you got Perennial and you have Surly, the 11 seed. Surly goes by. This isn't even close. Perennial are oh, wow. a perennial for a reason. I don't know. There's just something. You got, you got Perennial going through, yeah. Yep. Okay. Good. All right, Perennial. Next up, back to Minnesota, the seven seed, the, uh, you know, the antithesis of Surly, the Fair State Brewing Cooperative. We've talked about them on this show. Uh, they are a unionized brewery. Um, they are the seven seed, and the ten seed is Chicago's own off-color brewing. Off-color from uh, just the, I don't know, I would call that the Lincoln Park area of Chicago. Make sours, they make fun these this beer four series now where they make lager uh, and some barrel aged stuff and then they have dino s'mores nice range of of beers they have they have there at off color so seven seed fair state ten seed off color we we're going for not an upset but the underdog gets this off color get the win they are on fire they're not feeling sick at all off color for the win all right. Bottom of the bracket, the two fifteen matchup, the two seed Tony. Uh, who else could it be? But three Floyd's brewing. Didn't leave them out. Uh, Zombie dust, Dark Lords, Alpha King, Gumball Head. You know them. All the monsters. And then the fifth. Yep. And then the fifteen seed is a favorite of mine personally. Uh, St. Louis's Urban Chestnut. Ooh. Uh, makers of a number of tasty loggers, Vickel. Uh, but they also have a slightly, um, I don't want to say experimental, but a more uh, traditional American take. They make IPA and a great brown ale with hazelnuts and um, some other lovely things. 
So, uh, yeah, we got Urban Chestnut and the two seed, three Floyds. Who do you like here, Tony? Three Floyds. I'm sorry, Urban Chestnut. Yeah. You get another matchup, you're probably going through. Well, you get the right Maybe. matchup, you're going through. I should say it that way. All right. Let's recap this first round, Tony. Uh, Tony, you had Toppling Goliath beating out Lakefront. That was correct. Uh, Toppling Goliath goes through Lakefront out with a 3.63 rating. Ooh, low. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, that's one of the lower ones, yeah. Um, you had Revolution. All right, sorry, you had Bells beating Revolution. But it turns out that they didn't. Uh, Revolution goes through. <laughs> uh, Revolution, the 8 seed, ekes it out over Bells, the 9 seed, Bells had a 3.85. Uh, next, next up, you had Boulevard over microphone. I did. Tw- you like that twelve? You love that twelve-five matchup. You're horny for it. Uh, well, Tony, you're gonna you're going to pull that boner down, oh, or no. let it fade away, or think of Margaret Thatcher because um, Boulevard is out. Microphone is through. Boulevard could not uh, get by with their uncomfortably low 3.78. Feels unfair for a brewery that makes tank seven, but yeah, whatever. Uh, the four seed, New Glarus, you chose them over Cincinnati's Rheingeist. That was correct. Um, Rheingeist uh, is out. They had a 3.74. So you're three of your. Or, uh, no, did you pick? You picked Revolution. I thought or did I you pick. No, you picked Revolution. Yeah. I did okay, pick sorry. Revolution. I said you picked Bells, but I was wrong. Uh, you picked Revolution. <laughs> so you're three of the first four. I'm an idiot. I, I need to be looking at the screen where I wrote down what you said. <laughs> um, so you picked Revolution. You picked New Glarus. You picked Toplin Goliath, but you picked Boulevard. So you're three of the first four. You're doing good. Next up, you chose Half Acre over Great Lakes. Yep. You nailed that. Uh, Great Lakes is out with a 3.7. Uh, you picked uh, Perennial over Surly. Yes. Uh, you nailed that one. Surly is gone uh, with a pretty respectable 3.91 mm. um, for Surly. Yeah. You picked Off Color, the 10 seed, to take down the 7 seed Fair State Co-op. Uh, that one did not work out for you, Tony, sadly, as much as oh. I love off-color, and I do. Uh, this one went to Minnesota. Uh, their uh, Fair State is through off-color exits 3.82 for off-color, um, despite all those yummy beers they make. I've got to say, Minnesota, one of the most unique accents in America. I've come to sort of... Some of the strangest talking people, yeah, yeah. you're right. Is, I mean, it's weird to say that coming from Chicago, but... Yeah, I know, um, but like a Chicago, like the syllables coming out of your make your mouth make sense. Minnesota, right, it's like just a big, yeah. it's a Canadianized version of an American accent, but in all the wrong places. It's tricky. Yeah, a. Um, and then lastly, you had three Floyd's taking down Urban Chestnut. Not you got that close. right. This is the I just have anger over this rating because Urban Chestnut has a. Con- consolidated brewery rating of 3.67. So, total bullshit. That's some horse shit right there. I'm not saying they need to beat three Floyds, but that's dog shit. Um, that not good. So, Tony, you went, you went six of eight. Uh, you went six of eight, and I have been loading a weapon all day to go down to St. Louis and defend Urban Chestnut's honors. Uh, 
Um, next round. All right. Now we get the, the heavy hitters are out. It was chalk, the chalkest of chalk in the first round there. So you have Toppling Goliath and Revolution, Tony. This is a barrel-aged showdown. Uh, Toppling Goliath, I trust you're seeing at this point. Um, based on my own instincts, I should be going the other way, but I trust you, Griff. Um, All right. Yep. Honestly, if it was just purely on the beers, I would go the other way. But um, I had to I, – when I seeded Revolution, and I'm not saying this is right, but just explaining myself, when I seeded Revolution, I, I thought about the beers I drank before I drank a barrel-aged beer <laughs> when I go there. And I'm like, I love those beers, but they aren't the types of beers that traditionally earn you a tremendous amount of points. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's just one of the things about them. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I did. But uh, next up, this is a great one. Uh, microphone, number five seed microphone. Uh, Mike Palin, the owner of Microphone, a Wisconsin native. Uh, against his most fa- the, his state's most famous brewery, uh, or from a craft standpoint, anyways, uh, New Glarus, twelfth uh, biggest brewery in the country. Tony, New Glarus, and uh, only counts- distributes to Wisconsin. It's amazing. Oh, there's a lot of home state love for New Glarus. I was about to discount them because they are so big. Uh, but they are big home state home state love. Yeah, sorry, New Glarus, you you uh, you've been defeated. You're on my, you're on Micer. Microphone. Got to represent the jewels. Next up, Tony. This is another great one with with some weird ties to it. So Half Acre, the three seed, yes, and the six seed Perennial. Perennial, uh, their founder, a former Half Acre brewer. Um, amazing to think about, huh? Uh, Half Acre and Perennial have made a ton of beers together over the <laughs> years. Um, so Half Acre is the three. Perennial is the six. Friends no more. Uh, mortal enemies in this tournament. Who do you got between Half Acre and Perennial? A Benthic and Abraxas. You know, how do you, how do you, how do you navigate that? Huh? Yeah. Um, well, sorry, Half Acre. You should have gone half a hectare because Perennial are oh, a no. Perennial favorite for a reason. They get the win. Wow, he's going six seed. All right, he loves you. Love perennial in this, huh? Now this is a side because you, you like side project. All right, I get, I get you. All right, so perennial, you got them. Lastly, Tony, I don't know how these two breweries are related, but maybe they are. Uh, let me know in the Discord if they are. Um, but the two seed is Three Floyds, and the seven seed is Fair State Brewing Co-op from Minneapolis, makers of a delicious beer I mentioned on this show, lobster stuffed with tacos, uh, a sugar stout, and it was good. And um, I'm sorry, you just can't overcome a behemoth. Um, They're going to bite the dust, unlike the zombie dust makers who will just march on like a zombie. That's right. All right. So you got three Floyds. Your second round finals, Tony. Uh, Toppling Goliath took on Revolution, and you uh, made your, your instincts were correct as they seem to be today. Um, as Revolution leaves the contest with a three point nine one overall rating, uh, you chose 
I believe you chose microphone over yes. New Glarus. You yes. went you went with the newbies. You went with with uh, new hotness over uh, old and busted. New Glarus isn't old and busted. <laughs> it's old. But um, Tony, uh, that was another one where your your instincts are on on target. Uh, it's hard to say that one of those breweries is better than the other. They're so different. Um, but uh, uh, in this case, microphone goes through New Glarus out with a three point nine. Which is good for a brewery whose yeah. flagship beer is a cream is a cream ale. Um, now, next up, you had perennial the six seed upsetting half acre and Benthic and Bodum and Fader. Tony, you nailed it! You nailed it! The six seed perennial is through over half acre. Half acre with a three point nine four. They leave with <laughs> that's a big score. So these three breweries, three point that got dropped: three point nine one, three point nine, three point nine four. And finally, you chose three Floyd's over Fair State. Tony, it's another second round sweep for you. Not another; it's your first. Yep. Wink. Your first second round sweep. <laughs> wink uh, of the day, as you uh, are correct. Three Floyd's takes out Fair State. Three point nine three, so three point nine one, three point nine, three point nine four, three point nine three. Those breweries are fucking out in the second round. See a peace out for them. And uh, we've got a slightly less chalk third round here. Two matchups, and we'll do the final. We do it all at once here. Yep. Um, it is going to be uh, first off. We have toppling Goliath and microphone. So this is this is a showdown right here. I think in any other matchup I would go I like I like picking the four seed up against the one. You may see me pick that in the future. Is that that's but, something that happens, yeah. But not not in this round. I think the number one seed, Toplin Goliath, get through. All right, Tony. Good to know. Uh, next up on the bottom, you have Perennial, the six, and three Floyds, the two. Oh, I want to stick with Perennial, but how do you beat three Floyds? Because I actually it's tough, think man. three Floyds are going to win this whole joint. So I've got to pick three oh, wow. Floyds. Okay. I'm going to pick three Floyds. Hey, so now I got... need to really look at myself in the mirror. Yeah, you got to, yeah, all right. Here we go. So you have Toppling Goliath and three Floyds. These are the top two seeds. Yeah. These are the, uh, these are the, mon- the you know, these are, mon- it is literally they're all monsters. I mean, everything they make is named after monsters. So, um, Sue is probably the one that was most popular for Toppling Goliath. I mean, uh, it was most easy to get, anyways. Um, named after a, it was named after a dinosaur that was uh, hosted at the Chicago Field Museum. Big giant fucking oh, yeah. T-Rex. And um, Three Floyd's Zombie Dust was named after the zombie that's at the uh, Field Museum also. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, dinosaurs, they're cool, but they're not as cool as zombies. Three Floyd's, you are the heavyweights. Right, you Tony. are the winners. All right, Tony, let's see how you did. Tony, you picked Toppling Goliath to beat Microphone. You got that one right. Yes. Uh, you 
Uh, microphone exits that in that round a five seed with a 4.08. That's a big number. <laughs> big Boy. number. Big, big number. Tony, Tony, you picked, you picked three Floyds to beat perennial. Uh, even though you really wanted perennial to get through. Yep. Tony, you, you, you abandoned your, your heart on this one and it did led you astray sadly uh-huh. your head your head was stupider than your heart for once and um perennial took out three floyds uh and three floyds leaves with a four on the nose wow and i would have thought that was high between yep and then the final uh again you are uh, on this one you are uh, already out on the final, but for, for fun and shits and giggles, and so we can do the final four at the end. One seed Toplin Goliath and the six seed Perennial. Uh, I really wanted this to happen because it was going to be funny, but it didn't. Um, Toplin Goliath does go through. Toplin Goliath will be the Midwest Final Four representative. Uh, perennial, uh, and this is your last piece of insight you get into the whole thing. Perennial leaves 4.09. For perennial, oh monster, huge. Yep. So that that was a tricky one, Tony. There are a lot of really great longtime breweries with very shitty ratings, uh, and a uh, and some new breweries with good ones, and even some like mid-aged breweries with like some crazy ratings, like perennial. That's some, yep. That's some power from perennial. So there you go, Tony. It's toppling Goliath. Next week we'll find out who wins the West Region. Uh, and then we'll move on to some other regions after yeah. that. Um, so, Tony, how'd you do? You got six plus four plus one. You got 11. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> and find out why that's interesting later. Um, but uh, you do, you get your little porno bonus. We will toss down some uh, porn from specifically 1972 to 1975. I know that you're looking for that. No, that's next uh, I'll week's porn. I'll just splash that down for you. Don't, don't throw that early. Oh, what are you getting now? I'm getting 70 to 72. 73 to 75. Sorry, I almost dropped the wrong pile down there. Yes. Let me get the other pile. Uh, no problem. No problem. All right, we're good. We're good. All right, let me just send it down. Good. All right. Um, and, uh, Tony, I, I think it's time for you to tell folks where they can get a hold of us. Sure. They can do that on Instagram at beer engine pod. You can send us a tip at Kofi, which is ko com forward slash beer engine podcast. You can send us an email beer engine show at gmail.com. And of course we're checking in beers. Griff's checking it. Well, he used to check in a lot more of these breweries on his untapped. He still checks them in occasionally, but not quite as much three Floyds as we once got, or Perennial, Mm-mm. or Toppling Goliath. But he is still doing it. Mm-hmm. He's Griff AD on untapped. I'm St. Moz on untapped. And did you know you're probably going to have to become a Formula One fan because there's a yep. football club that has partnered with Formula One and they've created a karting track for the Formula One Academy at their stadium. Oh, I saw this, yeah. Did it's you want to Tottenham take a guess? Hotspur, I saw that, yep. yeah. Tottenham. Nope, I saw this one, yep. Yep. They're in it. They're in it. They're in on it now. They're going to use that stadium to squeeze every penny out of it they can. <laughs> How does this that work? a good way to do it. I haven't I, seen the stadium if they invested a lot in it. That one I couldn't tell you. It's a, oh, yeah, it's a brand-new stadium. I mean, it's 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 beautiful. That's where they play the NFL games, too. Um. 
it's something else. Yep. Tony, if, and by the way, gang, if you want to join our Discord, you can. You can click on the link on our website. You yep. can send us an email or uh, drop us a note on Instagram, uh, Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. Uh, Tony, that's it. Uh, I will be in Brazil next week, and you'll have another delightful bracket to listen to. And we will talk to you uh, then from the past slash future. So long. Farewell. Yeah.